Blog Talk Radio.
and the first lines of COVID, uh, the people that clean up after because they're the most important people. Um, and then we have the, the people keep the shelves stocked in the, the supermarket to make Bob happy. Uh, tonight we're starting off with kind of a low note. Um, this week, uh, a young deputy, 23 years old, uh, with a promising, very promising uh, career, was run down on uh, I-75. Uh, deputy Chris uh, Taylor, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, was a very, very uh, active young man. Always wanted to be a police officer from the time he was four years old. Uh, was hit and struck, killed by a drunk driver who was out of, already had one DUI working on a permit, shouldn't have been driving a car. The other thing is uh, we we have a staff member very ill, and uh, uh, we'd ask your prayers for it. That would be Bob Alexander. Uh, Bob is a drive-time jock during the day um, at um, uh, one of the local stations. Uh, Bob is also the uh, official for uh, many, many boxing uh, bouts around the country. And, and actually, he was going to going to go to Dubai uh, in the next couple of weeks, but uh, he can't make it because he's so ill. And then a uh, couple of our, our uh, staff, uh, Bob G. can't be here tonight because his grandmother, Aretha Wayman, died. And Tony won't make it because his uncle, uh, Jerry, uh, Luke died, um, but we want to spend that send a very our, our deepest sympathy out to Tony's mother, Rebecca Hendricks. Uh, she's a really nice lady. Um, didn't need this in her life at this point in time, especially after being visited by the uh, storm, the hurricane. Well, guys, let's uh, make it maybe bring a little light in it. Ty, good evening. Z, good evening. Caden, good evening. Uh, Ty, what did you think of the fight this afternoon? I went as expected. Tyson Fury, you know, obviously too big, too skilled. Um, and he picked Chisora apart and, and thumped him and, and punished him. And I thought, I, first of all, when the ref stopped the fight, I actually clapped my hands. I actually applauded mm -hmm. the ref for stopping the fight. Uh, Chisora mm -hmm. wasn't visibly wobbled. He wasn't, you know, floored or chinned but he had taken too much punishment. I thought the ref could have actually done that uh, a round or two sooner. Um, but nonetheless, it was what it was. I, you know, it went the way, you know, not only we expected it, but odds makers expected it. Um, I hope, you know, as I was watching the fight, I was hoping Chisora, you know, wouldn't take too much punishment. And I hope he's fine and, you know, can go on with his life. Um, again, Tyson Fury is a guy who had tremendous respect for Chisora. Um, which is one of the reasons why he, he actually gave Chisora this shot. Really, this payday mm -hmm. is what he gave Chisora. But he punished him. He said, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to give you, uh, give you a good payday, but I'm going to punish you. And he, he punished yeah. him. Punished him. Yeah. You know, it, it, he uh, he started out in his normal way. I thought uh, the first round I was watching an MMA uh, uh, bout because uh, he, he leaned on him so much in that first round. Chisora was – Seemed like he was coming out pretty heavy. Second round, the same thing, but he kept leaning that big, heavy body on him all the time. And uh, you know what? Like Zito and I always, we, well, Zito and I always talk about. Uh, there's one thing Zito and I speak on consistently uh, about fighting, not just boxing, 
but uh, combat sports and distance management. Um, you know, for a lot of fighters, you either need to be all the way out or all the way in. Tyson Fury is yeah. six foot nine with, you know, he had an 11 inch reach advantage. So he was either all the way out or he was all the way in smothering everything and putting his weight on Chisora. What he also did by, by doing that, not only is he tiring Chisora out by putting his weight on him, but what he also did is he's scoring and then he's closing the distance and grabbing Chisora after the punches. So Chisora can't score. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like it, it was a, it was, it was, it was one of his. It was an absolute kind of apex, you know. I mean, it was against Chisora, um, but sometimes you look at a guy and you're like, "Yo, this this guy right here is at his peak right now." And it was one of those kind of performances where he just looked good. He looked sharp. Uh, he looked, you know, very clever in there as well. He sat down on mm-hmm. his punches more, um, and and he punished Chisora. I thought he looked really good. Uh, and, you know, Tesor is well past it. You know, I, even saying he looked good, I take account what he had in front of him in Derek Tesor. Um, But mm-hmm. nonetheless, uh, he, you know, I still thought he looked good, and I thought he was smart. And that's what makes him tough to beat, right? Because, you know, he has an 85-inch reach advantage. I mean, 85-inch mm-hmm. reach, which is, you know, longer than anyone fighting sure. in the heavyweight division right now. So he's hitting you from a range you can't hit him at, but then he has a size and the girth to close that distance, be all the way in, and wrestle you and wear you out that way. And he's a pretty adept in fighter as well. So he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's a tough package to deal with. Okay. Zayt, what do you think? The, um, I'm, I'm going to start with Chisora. Uh, there, there, there are three yes. people I kind of want to talk about. We're going to start with Chisora. Um, I, I mm-hmm. thought he came into the fight without legs anyway. Uh, even like the first round, he he just didn't have his legs. He had willpower to keep his legs up, but even when Tyson Fury missed and pushed a little bit, his legs were buckled. His legs always see every round his legs buckled from some sort of pushing contact. Um, just sort of he he had willpower, but you know he's gonna fight one way. He's not gonna box. He's gonna mm-hmm. come in. He's gonna try to land the big overhand right. Um. I, I thought he did good body work. I thought he should have brought some of those to the head, though. Instead hey, of throwing you know. three body shots, throw, throw two to the body and come right back to the head. You're open hey, the head Zito, up. You, hey, Zito, real quick. When you said he fights one way, I would call him slow Frazier. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no Frazier because he doesn't move his head like that. He no tried to, Yeah, yeah. He, he, he tried to employ a cross guard, but it didn't work because his reactions – are like he he's he has old warrior reactions, and right now he he's he's an old warrior. That's that's what he saw. He saw Tyson Fury more primish uh, and an old warrior. Uh, that's just sort. He put up an effort, but he just didn't have it from the beginning. Um, with Tyson Fury, he fought smart. He fought clever. He didn't look like he had uh, any ruster age wearing on him. Uh, mm-hmm. He he looked good. That's, mm-hmm. I can't really say too much about that. He looked as expected. He looked good. Um, he, Tyson Fury is, you can see he's not a total power puncher because he, he, he's, he's a touch puncher. He, he wants to, he, he's throwing, try, you know, he tries to put punches on you. He's not trying to put the heaviest punches. What makes it difficult is that he's a heavy guy. So it doesn't matter what he touches you with. He's hitting you hard. 
um, that that's mm-hmm. why he can let some speed go with it because he doesn't need to twist or or put that umph into you know turn his shoulders over his waist over and a, and a punches as much as other guys do because his size gives him that power. Um, that leverage, his leverage, his size and his, and his usage of it gives him that power. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna, you know I give him credit, partial credit. I will give him partial credit. Um, I did not see him fight inside at all. Tyson Fury, this fight did not fight inside. Um, what I saw, and this is the, going to the third person I'm going to talk about, the referee was horrible. The referee was terrible. It, I was screaming in the first round that they should get this guy out of there. Because once, and I, you, when it came to inside fighting, Tyson Fury abandoned the Marcus of Queensbury rules. And I watched a, a 1900 fight. Uh, uh, 18, uh, 18, you know, 70 fight to where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're grabbing and hitting guys and the ref's like, come on, come on, let him go, guys. That's all he's saying. And Tyson mm-hmm. Fury's grabbing, literally grabbing Chisora's head and hitting him, staring him in the uppercuts. Gra- um, he's, he's, and that's not according to the rules. He's grabbing, they're not breaking, he's holding an arm hitting. The ref's right in front of him, looking at his arm, Chisora's arm being held. Looking at Fury leaning, he doesn't say break. I mean, that's now uh-huh. it's one thing, you know, guys work out, you know, but Tyson Fury had very extended moments of time, and it looked like the ref was counting to ten before he would let mm-hmm. t- he would let Tyson Fury lean, and there would be no action that time. <laughs> he would just let Tyson Fury lean on him, and, and it's like all right, nine, ten, break. <laughs> I, I was like, hold on now. This is ridiculous. A couple of times you know, I was waiting for the ref. Like, after the, by the third round, I was like, is the ref going to give Fury a warning? And when he didn't oh. do it, I was like, well, the Fury should just keep doing this all night long. And did it all night yeah. long. I mean, he did what he was supposed yeah. to do. But, I mean, the ref was uh, – that was atrocious to me. I mean, Tashora had enough going against him. But, I mean, every – you know, come on. Nah, you can't steer his head. You can't grab his head and – then toss a toss, you know, steer his head into an uppercut. He did that a lot. He backhanded. Tyson Fury, you're not allowed to flick it, you know, back fist people. He was Tyson going, Fury was out there, not, Tyson Fury was out there, big hop. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, it, it was, it just got kind of ridiculous to me to where it's like, all right, well, this isn't boxing rules. This is I'm not boxing rules. Either. By the third round, I was like, all right, the ref is not going to warn him. I was like, he'd be a fool not to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, it got to the point where he was like, oh, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw my combinations from the outside and just lean and, and grab it. Do what I want on the inside. Do anything I want on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that. Go ahead. Finish up. Sorry. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Caden? Yeah. Okay, you want to take? Yeah. I, I hear you got these fights on. Uh, what, what's uh, you got a, a big fight tonight with uh, Thompson and Holland, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want to talk yeah, about so that? There's, um, yeah, there's uh, Holland v. Uh, Holland v. Stephen Thompson going to be uh, actually I think one of the best UFC fight night cards I've ever seen. You know, with, with a bunch of stars on this on this entire card. I mean, on this real quick. You got Steven Thompson, Kevin Holland, Brian Barberina, 
versus RDA. And, you know, Bar- Barbarino, I don't know if you all watched his last fight um, against Robbie Lawler. That was fights I've ever seen. So yeah, that was a brawl. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, that was. I think that was candidate up there with fight of the night. I'm pretty sure. I mean, yep. I mean fight Barbara of the year. Is always in brawls too, man. He's always in brawls. He's, he's so underrated. I, don't, I, don't, I feel like a lot of people don't give him that his credit. You know. Well, you know what? If hey, Caden, if he beats Dos Anjos, he'll get it tonight. He, he should definitely be ranked tonight. I think he should be ranked after tonight. Oh, if he beats him, I, absolutely. Um. So yeah, everybody knows who Rafael Dos Anjos is. Been a absolute, you know, OG to the fight game for, you know, the last 15 years. And um, and then late, like, early early on in, in the fight card, we actually had Ty Tuavasa versus Sergi uh, Pavlovich. Now, I, I, know, I know anybody who's been in tune with UFC and, and been watching UFC for the past couple months knows who, um, knows who Ty Tuavasa is. He's a, he, he talking about a brawler. He's talking about, you know, guys like Barb, Brian Barbarinas and you know, you can't you can't um you can't mess up uh tied to Avasa. I think he's going for that knockout um I think he's going for that knockout title <laughs> at, at at Derek Lewis. I think one time he's definitely gonna get that sometime in his career. Uh but yeah, tonight he's fighting Sergi Pavlovich, you know, a, a good up and coming up and coming heavyweight who hits hard, he gets you around and I think it's gonna be a great match. Pavlovich is yeah, Pavlovich's last victory was a knockout over Derek Lewis as well, and you know so. Yeah, yeah. that was and, that and, fight. I feel yep. like that fight was a really horrible stoppage. That that Derek Lewis fight. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, think I don't it was know a good stoppage either. Yeah, I absolutely agree because with you. I've seen. I don't know how many Derek Lewis fights I've seen where he is absolutely you know, on, on his last leg and he just pulls out a right hook out of nowhere and knocks somebody out. You know yeah. what? When when a guy when a guy gets knocked down. In, in MMA, and he gets up and he's still kind of clear-headed and not wobbly, I don't think it's a great stoppage. And Derek Lewis, some guys bounce up right after they get knocked down, and when a ref stops it, they're, you know, they're they're debating, but you could look at them and be like, nah, it, it, it's done, dude. Now, Derek Lewis yeah. got up, like, it, it, he just got knocked down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just popped right back up, and he was – when he popped up, he was trying to defend and get away. Like he was, yeah. I didn't I, think it was a good I stoppage like a good at all. Stoppage. I feel like a good stoppage is whenever a fighter starts to become defenseless and and starts to you know stop defending himself and he's taking a lot of hits. I feel like that's a good time to stop the fight, I'm with especially you on in that. MMA when in the in the ground and pound and everything. Like you have to stop the yeah. fight when they stop putting their hands up. But uh, yeah. I, I feel like the biggest shocker to me is you know one of my favorite one of my favorite UFC fighters of all time. It's not fighting in the main card. He's fighting in the in the prelims. It's like Michael Johnson. He was talking about Michael Johnson. Oh, Michael Johnson? Yeah, Michael Johnson's fighting tonight. I didn't know that was one of your favorite fighters. I love Michael Johnson. Yeah, yo, Michael Johnson, he has he actually has a, a little known fact knockout over of Dustin Poirier. <laughs> And, and he warred with Jason Gaethje. Remember that? That war with Gaethje. That, that fight against well. Khabib, too. Yeah, yeah. I see why you like him. He he always brings it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's, he's also he's one of the, the biggest influential guys. In, yeah, he's fighting the prelims. I don't know why they're the. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, he's, probably he's one of the guys that really definitely. brought up Bobby Green, too. Yeah, true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. So I mean, I feel like fighters, fighters like him, fighters like Barbarina, fighters like Clay Guida, 
they're some of the most influential yeah. fighters of all time in, in terms of MMA and UFC. Yeah, like the hardcores know how guys like this help build the divi- specifically the divisions. The UFC's running, but yeah. these are the guys that build and keep the division running. Everybody knows the champions are on top, but these are the guys that keep the divisions running, mm-hmm. man. Only, only the Maggie. true fans. Only the true fans know this. Yeah. Now, here's, here's one for for the group: uh, Adesanya versus Perea. It's uh, already signed and ready to go. Uh, who wants to handle that, Katie? You know what? I was I've, I, before the lead up to that fight. I, I for me, it was insane. I don't think I've I've been so excited to watch a main card event since since Khabib versus since Khabib versus Connor. I don't think I've been I don't think that I've been that excited since then. But um, I, I mean. The lead-up to this fight was absolutely crazy with, with uh, Pereira already having two wins over him, including one, a brutal knockout, one-punch knockout, all the way in China in kickboxing. And then he comes over, and he proves that still that guy. He's still, I think, I think he's top five pound for pound right now, in, in, my, in my opinion, you know, just showing what he's done in the arena, in the octagon, and his skills and his power. You know, if I were, if I were to... Um, compare him to anybody in boxing, I would say he's like the he's like the Deontay Wilder of boxing of um of MMA. You know, one punch mm-hmm. is all he needs. And when he hit when he hit um Adesanya with that like nine punch combo to to put him down, it was absolutely insane. Like and early on in the fight he did get he did get he did get um rocked. I think I was I that was uh round one to round two. He got wobbled, then he got hit a little bit after the bell, and he almost he almost got dropped there. And if there was at least four more seconds in that fight, I feel like it would have done it would have gone the complete opposite way because Pereira was in a lot of trouble there. But one thing I did like about his performance is he never gave up the pressure. He was on him, he was he was on him every second of the fight, never backed down, and I feel like he was in real real control of the fight. And especially up to all the way up to the last second when he was had him up against the fence and he was just putting all the punishment on him, you know. And uh, I, I honestly don't think Israel Adesanya should get an re- immediate rematch because if you think about it, not only is he three and zero against Izzy, he's also three and zero against him in two different two mm-hmm. different you know octagon to um, octagon octagon to ring. It's it's the same mm-hmm. result every time. And uh, I think I think there definitely should be a different fight for for Pereira instead of Adesanya mm-hmm. right after. Well, right. I, I'm I'm going to slightly, slightly, very slightly disagree with you about the rematch. Um, he is three and zero against him, but it only counts in one sport. He's only one and zero against him in the UFC. And Izzy's been a long reigning dominant UFC champion who's basically cleared out the division. So the precedent is in the UFC, when a guy like that loses, he's going to get the rematch. Same thing with Kamaru Usman, especially when a guy like that is actually winning the fight and gets knocked out late. Same thing happened with Kamaru. Yeah. Dana White's going to give the guys the rematch. Um, I wasn't, yeah. I, I've been obviously really busy, so I wasn't able to get on the show. But one thing I thought was, I, I you know, I had felt and predicted to myself that, you know, I thought Pereira was going to, I thought Pereira was going to knock Israel out. I thought he would do it a little sooner. When I was, got a, a chance to watch the fight, 
I was actually getting, not nervous, but kind of like, I don't think my prediction is going to turn out right because Pajada looked gassed and yada, yada. But the reason yeah. why I thought he would beat Adesanya isn't because he's a better kickboxer. If you if anybody's watched the actual two kickboxing matches, the first match was, was a decision, which probably should have gone Izzy's way if you really watch it. The second fight, Izzy had Pajada in serious trouble, the ref gave him a standing eight count. The Pajada came on, put on the pressure, and knocked Izzy out. The reason why I thought Pajada would be able to beat Izzy is because what those two fights showed me was that if Pajada gets there, he finishes Izzy. If Izzy gets there, I don't know if he finishes Pajada. I know he could hurt him, but I don't know if he's going to finish him. And that's kind of what happened in the fight. But the main reason why I thought Izzy would lose the fight was because you're fighting in four-ounce gloves against a decorated kickboxer who's very durable and who hits really hard. And this guy's just as big as you. You're just a little longer. So one thing Izzy does, and, Caden, you know this because you've you've seen all of his fights, right? He fights behind his range. Well, now mm-hmm. all of a sudden he doesn't have the range. If you remember when he fought Jan Blachowicz, he didn't let a lot of shots go because Jan was countering him because oh, he yeah. couldn't do it for range. Jan could match him with range better. A lot of people th- say Jan won the fight with the takedowns. He did from a point standpoint, but he, he fought Izzy very even on the feet because he could match his range, and Izzy doesn't have a boxing game. He has a kind of a karate game, so his hands down, pulls with his head out. So all of a sudden he's fighting a guy who's bigger than him but with similar range who has a tighter boxing game. When those two kind of guys match up, I'm always going to go with the guy with the tighter boxing game, always. That's why yeah. I felt Pajada would knock him out. Where I do agree with you about them having the immediate rematch is I don't think it's good for Izzy because I think he's going to get knocked out again just probably sooner. I feel like uh, is I feel like Pereira has really you know really really uh, exposed Adesanya's kind of relaxed champion kind of fight style. Because you know in his last couple of fights he's just been laying back and counter punching most of the time because everybody's too afraid to go up and actually put pressure on him. Because when they do they get rocked and they get put down they get put to sleep. So Izzy has always done just enough to yeah. win in the past couple of fights. And I feel when you do that, you kind of give up your animosity, and you kind of you kind of forget that there are guys that are going to be a lot more aggressive than the dude you're fighting exactly. right now. Exactly. And, and that Pereira never gave up the He never gave up the pressure. Yep, that was not going to. Now I was very surprised that uh, you know it, it. Honestly, I thought Pereira would get him by the third. I honestly, did. Um, mm-hmm. But the main reason why I thought Izzy would lose is because. You're going to fight five rounds, 25 minutes, which is longer than a kickboxing match, against a guy who hits harder than you and has tighter boxing than you. And what you're going to do is just you guys are going to kickbox. This guy's beat you in kickboxing, or at least fought you, at the very least, fought you head up in kickboxing. He has tighter boxing, and you're going to go ahead and kickbox him for the majority of the fight. Nope, because you're only going to kind of subtly – like, he started to – he tried to grapple, but Izzy's not a complete mixed martial artist, and that's what he needed to be 
to beat Pajeda. Simple as that. If he was a complete mixed martial artist with his stand-up, he would have been able to beat Pajeda, but he's not. And like him or hate him, like, like him or hate him, that's what makes John Jones and has always made John Jones so difficult. No matter what anybody says, I will always love John Jones. He's always the goat. He's so well-rounded in his fight IQ, bro. You know what I mean? So, you, might, yeah. you don't have to like him outside of the octagon, but when he, when he, puts, when he puts the gloves on, how, how do you not like him? He's the most, in my opinion, he's the most dominant fighter of all time in UFC and MMA. Mm-hmm. I, I, I question that. I, I, I have to question that one. I, I still have a hard for Anderson because of steroids being the picograms, is that what makes you question? Yeah. I, I'm, I, I question. I'm, I question the legitimacy of some of his uh, victories. But, uh, the picograms, I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, I still have a heart for Anderson Silva when it comes to the goat. Um, so, I mean, John Jones has beaten up the, a more comp- He's he, you know more competition, I think. Um, but well, think about this. John time. Jones only has one loss, and how is a disqualification? And the fight and he was absolutely destroying crazy. Matt Hamill, and the ref he called him, him for punishing Matt Hamill. He's like, you use a twelve mm-hmm. to six elbow. It didn't matter. He was on top of Matt. That that lets you know he was on top of Matt Hamill, elbowing his head in, and the ref disqualified yeah. him for the type of elbow. That's his only loss. So. I just don't know how people can look at Khabib and call him the greatest fighter of all time in, in terms of UFC. No, I don't. Say. He's not. I mean, how are you, how are you going to be the greatest fighter of all time with nine fights? How are you going to be the yeah, greatest fighter of all time with nine title fights? With three title mm-hmm. fights. John Jones has yeah. been fighting, he's been fighting title fights since he was, what, like 18, 19? He's been fighting world you know champions what? his entire life. Khabib could claim, and I, and I love Khabib, I loved Khabib, but Khabib can, can, can claim to be the greatest of his time. John Jones, whether you like him or not, he can argue that he's the greatest of all time. Now, there can be arguments against him, but if he says he's the greatest of all time, yeah, I, okay, I can see why you feel that way, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. All right, let's, uh, let's go back to the boxing side. Uh, Z, you've been very quiet here, listening, listening intently. So we're going to bring you out with uh, Juan Estrada versus Chacalito Gonzalez. Tonight. Bye, El Gato, my guy, El Gato. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like Chacalito. I, I, I like I like his style. He's he's refined his style a little bit at times, but he he, he he's getting older. And he's fighting heavier guys and can't keep getting hit. You can't keep getting hit. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 it, 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 the, day, the day probably has come to where he found the guy that he doesn't want to get hit by. As <laughs> simple as that. Where I'm going to kind of disagree with Zito is he's fighting my guy, El Gallo, Juan Estrada. Well, mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he, he's normally fighting bigger guys, but he's not now. He's fighting a guy who he started out, they basically started out right around the same weight, and they fought, 
you know, when Estrada was like 23 and Chocolatito was like 24 and then, you know, like 26 or whatever, you know, then they fought, you know, a few years later. Like, so these guys both came, like, basically for their careers, it looked like Estrada was chasing Chocolatito up to wait for the rematch. So he's not a naturally big guy. He's a little longer than Chocolatito. He's a little younger, but as far as size, and they fought twice already. Chocolatito won the first one um, in the closer-than-scored fight. In this last fight, Chocolatito lost in a fight that most thought he should have won. And here we are at the third time. So it's not power he hasn't seen before. It's nothing he's seen before. And, and <clears throat> again, Estrada, Estrada's, you know, Estrada's the bigger puncher, single puncher of the two. But Estrada's not one of these monster – can you believe I'm about to say a monster 115 guy? You know what I mean? Because that's, that's an oxymoron to say a guy's a monster – at 115, but he's not that. He's a guy who came up, you know, like from 108 himself. And the Estrada's always, when he first fought Chocolatito, he gave Chocolatito probably the toughest fight, you know, that Chocolatito had. What happens with that, though, is it's, the one thing about Chocolatito, he, he, he is so busy that even – it's hard to keep pace, and that's what happens with Estrada. Estrada gets off, he's always been able to get off good, and he's always been able to score. And Estrada's I, I, my guy, and he does well, but he, it just, he just has a hard time keeping pace. And uh, unless he can really hit Chocolatito with something to change what Chocolatito does, which he hasn't been able to through 24 rounds, then, you know, it's it's a 7-5. It's a very tight 7-5, you know, 8-4 kind of fight, but it's very tight because a lot of times, even though Chocolatito's landing more, with, with El Gallo's landing is more eye-catching because of his, you know, the way he fights. So, but, uh, you know, everything, most people favor Chocolatito because he looked better against better opposition in his most recent fight whereas Estrada struggled with kind of a journeyman. Um, but, you, you know, it's kind of like at this point they're like Marquez Pacquiao. You, you know, they know each other so well. It's just, you know, just kind of comes down to who has a little more left in the tank, I think. Okay. How about, uh, all right, Ty, how about uh, Teofimo Lopez uh, and Jose Bedrado? Oh yeah, that's right. Teofimo Lopez is fighting Jose Pedraza. Yeah, at one forty. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't favor Jose. Um, Jose's slick, and he, you know he might he might put paws on Teofimo here and there, but Teofimo might be a little too explosive for him. If Jose Pedraza was a guy who started his career at one forty as opposed to one thirty, getting almost run out the ring by Edner Cherry, nah, I don't favor that guy against a young, strong, you mm-hmm. know, dynamic puncher as long as the dynamic puncher keeps his head in the game, doesn't get frustrated and uses his gifts. But I'm curious to hear what Zito has to say about Pastraza and uh, Lopez at 140. It's a little heavy for Pedraza. Uh, if I'm correct, he got knocked out at 130 by Tank Davis. Um, it, Run out it's the a ring heavy. by Edna Cherry at 130, basically. Remember that? <laughs> Well, he was scared out the ring against Edna Cherry. Um, really, 
Pedraza, um, here's what I'm going to say. Look good against Lomachenko. Lopez has a puncher's chance. Terafimo has a puncher's chance. And he has a a good enough puncher's chance to where I'm going to say this. If Pedraza doesn't get starched out of there, which which I kind of expect, but if he does it, then Terafimo doesn't win that fight. Terafimo Lopez, if the fight goes 12 rounds, Terafimo's lost very clearly. Um, once it is for sure, for sure in the annals of boxing that Terafimo Lopez cannot box with Pedraza. If they had headgear on, Pedraza would make him look like a fool all day long. The problem is that it, it's That's another fight. It's a fight factor. The fight Head factor. Headgear and 16-ounce I like Pedraza well, all day long. <laughs> well, well it, it also depends on which Pedraza comes to the fight. If the Pedraza that showed up against Lomachenko comes to the fight, it's going to be hard for Terrafimo to win. It's going to be extremely hard for Terrafimo to win. If the Pedraza that showed up against uh, the Davis, if he, he goes, if he shows up, then then it's going to be easy work for Lopez. Uh, um, Pedraza needs to fight a very balanced, smart fight. Uh, he needs not to get rattled, and he needs not to defer from the game plan. Pedraza's last enough. fight, Pedraza, just to let you know, is coming off of a, uh, a draw um, at 140 against uh, Richard Comey. They, you know, moved, Richard Comey moved up to 142, and they fought. And uh, Pedraza got out to a lead, and, you know, Comey rallied. And, you know, it was a draw. And and I could, I could see that. The problem is... Yep. If Terrafimo rallies, it's going to be it, 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 it's going to be over. I don't. Terrafimo's not a second half fighter to me. He 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 caught Gambosis after Gambosis kind of to me got very comfortable and a little reckless, and he he, he got caught up. Um, Pedraza to me is is years is is a level as far as pugilistic skill above Gambosis. Um, yeah. That's why I'm going to say. I mean, as far as just, just getting to him, is not an easy guy a lighter to weight, get to. Like, he's, you know, Pedraza started his career a lighter weight, and he's a little longer in the two. You know what I mean? Cambosis was, you know, he started his career at 140, and he's, you know, was 28 when they fought. You know what I mean? Whereas Pedraza's in his early 30s, and he started his career you know, at, at 126. Now, he looked good against Lomachenko, but that's four or five years ago now. You know what I mean? And so I don't I, I, I don't think T.F. is fully developed as a boxer. He's an athletic puncher. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you that he has a puncher's chance, but not in the sense that he needs a knockout, but that he's just a puncher in a fight. And so even though Pedraza could be putting paws on him, bang, even if he doesn't get him yeah. out of there, you know, you turn enough rounds with enough big shots and it just changes the tenor of the fight. Huh. And, um, you know, then all of a sudden, now Pedraza's not fighting to win. He's fighting to not get hit by that stuff. So, And that's more that, that's more what I was yeah. thinking. Because it's not, yeah. not to change the tenor yeah. of the fight, it's change the tenor of the opponent. If Pedraza, yeah, if, exactly. if certain fighters, exactly. certain, certain fighters you, can, you can change what they do. Certain fighters are going to do what they're going to do. They're just sort yeah. of is going to do what he's going to do regardless. But that's different. 
But Jaws is different. It, it, when things, you know, the boat starts getting a little rocky, he's going to grab onto certain things, and he's not not going to just start going into the water trying to make things better. He, he's not that kind of guy. He, he, so he's, I mean, Terrafimo Lopez does have the power to deter what he's going to do, but at the same time, it, it, I mean, he has to he has to do it. And Terrafimo is yep. frustratable. He is he, yep. he's very frustratable. Seen saw that later on in the Lomachenko fight. Saw that all during the Campos's fight. And if a guy's going to frustrate him, it could be Pedraza. Um, it depends. As it, you know, I agree with Ty. It depends what he has left. But I mean, at, at the same time, I mean, Terrafimo's going to he's going to have to work through stuff unless it happens early. He's going to have to work through some things. Remember, I started by saying he's going to put balls. I said, I said, Tia Fibo should get him out of there, but Pajaz is going to put balls on him. No. let me ask you, why is uh, Oliveri uh, uh, rejecting uh, a rematch with Mark? Um, with who? Uh, who's, this? who's the last guy he fought? Mac. I can't even read my. Yeah, yeah Max, Max Chess. Yeah, um, I mean, I could see why he wants the rematch, and I would act, I would give him that rematch. Um, I would also like to see Poirier fight um, Makachev. I think that would be, you know, some some good dust that some you know bury the hatchet almost on that on that Poirier Khabib fight because I feel like the the closest Khabib's ever gotten to losing was that armbar that. That uh, Dustin Poirier got got could be the you mean that guillotine? Guillotine, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was the guillotine that he got him in, and it was tight. That was a tight, that was a tight ass guillotine. And yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> and that was the closest Khabib's ever gotten to losing, in my opinion. And I feel like if anybody, I feel like if anybody's gonna submit for uh, Makachev, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's going to be Oliveira. I think it's going to be Dustin Poirier. I think Dustin Poirier can definitely submit, um, can definitely submit Islam Makachev, and only for the reason of you know, he's coming off of a submission win, off of one of the best fights of the year so far, if not the best fight. Actually, no, there's been some crazy fights, um, but one of the best fights of the year so far. And you know, Michael Chandler always he fought like a dog. He's probably. You know, he's also one of my favorites up there, up there with, um, with, uh, with, with all the other fighters. But um, you know, if Poirier can, if Poirier, I, I would like to see Poirier fight Islam Makachev over, over, over uh, Charles Oliveira. But I know that's not what that's not what's going to happen. It's it's going to be Oliveira mm-hmm. getting his rematch, and I'm not mad at that. You know, I would, I, I would like to see, you know, hopefully. Islam Makachev get his title back. Um, I mean, um, Oliveira get his title back because I actually really like Oliveira. I thought his personality was great. I loved his fight style. You know, I thought if he wins that fight, hey, he might even be the lightweight great. He might even be the lightweight goat. He might he might get better than uh, Khabib. And that was the same thing with Kamar Usman and the same thing with Israel Adesanya. How many of those, okay, if you win this fight, you might be the greatest of all time, you know? If Kamal Usman won that fight against Leon Edwards, he was a serious. He, he seriously could have been better. He seriously could have been better than uh, GSP. If if Israel Adesanya won that fight, he seriously could be better than uh, Anderson Silva or in the talks. 
Um, mm-hmm. if, if Charles Oliveira wins that fight against Max Chef, I think he's seriously in the talks of being a lightweight great, lightweight goat. And mm-hmm. that that fight definitely needs to get run back. But uh, I feel like if anybody's going to really put the beat down and beat uh, Max Chef, I think it's going to be Dustin Poirier over Charles Oliveira. Mm-hmm. So, Charles Oliveira wasn't so much that he turned down uh, a shot, Gita, um, but he, he didn't really so much he turned down a shot. What it was was he wanted to headline um, Rio Brazil. He wanted to headline in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And um, he had, you know, it's it was coming up soon, like it's pretty soon. And it's just too quick a turnaround mm-hmm. with him coming off an ass with it. Um, mm-hmm. And not only that, but... You know, he was an active champion. He, You know, he fought three killers back to back to back to back. Actually, what, four? Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, and Islam Makachev. So he fought a murderer's row, so he wants some time off. Um, and so the time frame for him to, first of all, he would have been, if he won, he would have been a champion. And that's kind of what he wanted to do, to headline Brazil and his, you know, country as champion. He lost the fight. It was too quick a turnaround. The UFC is already looking like they're going the Volkanovski route because the fact of the matter is Volkanovski, there's no clear-cut number one at his weight, and there's really no clear-cut number one um, at this weight, in the reason, at, at lightweight. The reason why is you could say Dustin Poirier is number one, but all those guys are like one fight removed from a loss. You know what I mean? And, and so I, it, it seems like that Dana White, you know, from the moment Makachev won that fight, had been thinking, we'll go the Volkanovski route. If you've seen anything on Volkanovski, he's already started putting on weight for the lightweight mm-hmm. encounter. And if you guys remember this, Volkanovski was a footballer in Australia, and he weighed over 200 pounds. There's, like, I've seen pictures of the dude, like, in his football gear, like, rugby gear, weighing, you know, like 240. And so when he first started fighting MMA, he was, you know, he worked his way down to the weight he is now. So he's putting weight on. The, he's already been putting weight on. They, they said he's eating like 4,000 calories a day to gain this weight to get up to, uh, to, to you know, to be able to fight Makachev. Um, so that, mm-hmm. that's what happened. You know, poor, you know, Oliveira was saying why he wouldn't, you know, accept the title fight if it were to happen, why he initially wanted to fight in Brazil, but if the rematch happened, why he wouldn't want to do it now? You know what I mean? It's just too mm-hmm. short a time frame for him. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. a good thing you reminded me about Volkanovski because I completely forgot. And now you know, that reminds me, Volkanovski was also, he was a step-in fighter for the, um, for the, for the Oliveira Makachev fight. He was, yeah. he was a, like he was a fighter. He was, yeah. He was ready to fight at that time. He was ready to fight on that night that they fought. And uh, he, yeah. was, he was he was warmed up. He was training, so he's had a lot of preparation for both of those yeah. guys. And yeah. it's it's been over over a, a lot more time to prepare for them than than they are going to have preparation for him. And Volkanovski is, I think he's the most versatile fighter in the UFC right now. And yeah, that, that wow, I can say I'm proud about Volkanovski. Mhm. He 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 is the pound for pound number one. Hey, uh, Z, what do you think about uh, Bedevev and uh, Yardy coming up uh, in December, uh, January? 
Uh, I like Gotti. Uh, he looked good his last fight. I mean, competition, granted, but he looked good his last fight. Um, he looked relaxed. He looked like his hands flip, uh, were flowing a lot better. Uh, with that said, he, he, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. It, it also depends. Well, after I pick him to lose. I also think, though, it, it depends what better BF has left. I mean, he's getting up there himself. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing, and I, I just, Gardy, he he's a big, I mean, he kind of looks big for his weight. Uh, only thing is, I mean, he, he's, he's, his lungs are still a, kind of an issue to me. He doesn't have world-class lungs where I think better BF does. And mm-hmm. uh, just, just, just durability. Just this class overall. Better be as a guy who you'll get it mistaken because he's a hard fighter. He fights hard. He he, he really put, tries to put his power on you, and he'll forsake defense at times. Uh, with that said, he's also a guy who knows how to box, meaning he will use his boxing to get to you. Simple as that. He he will use his ed- boxing education to get to you. Um, and I don't see Yardy stopping that for any extended period of time. Yardy might look good in spots. He, you know, might touch on uh, Better Beers a bit, but that I, that ultimately is not going to make a difference. Better Beers is tough enough to take it, and once he starts giving it, it's going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how about uh, uh, Ty? What do you think of Adrian Broner and uh, Regis Pedroza? coming up in February. Uh, I, I won't I, – I, I, until I see Adrian Broner, seriously, I know he's Adrian Broner signed a deal um, with mm-hmm. Probellum uh, or the same company that is promoting Re- Regis Progray. I know they like they signed a deal. Regis Progray just came off of, you know, a very good performance and beating a very tough Jose Cepeda, knocking him out in the 11th round. Very good performance against a very tough foe. Um I don't I don't see who would sanction that fight because Broner's been out mm-hmm. of the ring and is not really rated at one forty, but you know, it would be a money fight for for Regis Progray. But um again, man, I I I like I obviously there's only one way to predict that fight, right? You predict the Progray win. But at this point, Adrian Broner's last fight was supposed to be against a what as we realize a well past it Brandon Figueroa. But Adrian pulled out of that fight citing mental health reasons. So until he shows me he can actually get through a training camp and actually participate in an event, then I, I can't even mm-hmm. consider him, a, a, you know, anyone of note right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, at this moment, sort of a sad note. Go ahead. Do the Z. Oh, no, I was just going to say, at this moment, Adrian Broner, uh, he – some guys are satisfied with what they've done. And I th- it looks like Adrian Broner's sort of satisfied. With, and he might still do it, but he's more or less satisfied with what he's done. He, he doesn't look like a guy who's really trying to achieve more or go, you know, any extra levels. He's kind of, you know, feel, he's good where he's at to me. I mean, I think he's yeah, kind of, you know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't take boxing seriously, then I can't take you seriously as a boxer. <laughs> yeah, just talking in the realm of boxing. As far as mental health, I hope he gets yeah. better. You know, all that. Well. As far as the realm of boxing, 
he he hasn't made himself relevant. So it's a little hard to judge him right now. Well, he hasn't even like I, you know I mean just like Ryan Garcia when he had his issue, and then he came back. It's like all right, he showed he can you know deal with his issue, get it through a camp and get in the ring and and get through a fight. And now you know he's had a few fights now, so that's what I need yeah. to see from Adrian Broner. Kind of no different than you know the Usyk and the and the uh, Lomachenko's fighting off in a war. You know these are some different types of things. It's not like this is a bicep injury. You know, when you start talking about things that affect the mind, you really don't know how people are going to respond because we're all different. And as we know, the mind controls and contorts the body. So, mm-hmm. remember, years ago we were we were talking, wondering if Tyson Fury was ever going to come back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, one of the reasons I brought up Bruner was that, uh, he lives in a uh, in a, a small part of of, uh, of Polk County. Um, in Winter Haven, and each year he uh, he goes back to his roots. To be perfectly honest with you, he buys a hundred dollars worth of groceries and toys for kids, individual toys. He gets people giving names, and he buys the toys for the kids. So I know he he has mental health problems. I know he has other problems, but uh, the one thing I I do have to say, I allow I allow him for. Um, doing something for his community and he's done tremendous things for that community at christmas time because there's uh especially in these hard times everyone knows uh, the people that are getting hit the worst are the lower uh, economical economic level people that some people are way out of jobs and almost way out of benefits so this this will help them at christmas time the other sad note is that back in the very early uh, days of the program uh, one of the guys we had, a couple of guys we had on, uh, on God, at least once a month. One was uh, Danny Batchelder, and the other one is uh, AK-47. And uh, Danny has just about uh, fallen off the edge of the earth. I haven't heard from him in years. But AK, I just uh, heard professionally that he has been arrested you know, for making threats uh, and trying to buy an AK-47 from a uh, pawn dealer. Um, and there's another guy who took too many hits to the head. I think he he does need he does need uh, and uh, we hope that he gets it. It's uh yeah, it's a shame when we get to the, these points. Um, you know that, that's why it's so important, right? That we we never and and no no one ever does this on the show, but that's why no fighters are bum, no fighters are can. You disrespect no fighter. Because these guys mm-hmm. literally get punched in the head, submitted, choked out, kicked, ribs broken. They they do this for our entertainment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And this is what, what you know some of the consequences of these stuff. This stuff is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, in two weeks we've got uh, Keith Thurman and, and Earl Spence. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one, uh, Ty? Well, it's not happening in two weeks. They haven't even made a deal yet. Um, so hopefully they'll they'll come with a deal, and and yeah, hopefully the deal will be signed. The WBC, uh, you know, they made it a mandatory, but the WBC had yeah. a had a council and they made mandatories throughout the weights. Even though they made mm-hmm. mandatory, they made WBC made mandatories in each weight class, but the fighters still got to make the deals. 
Um, the Keith Thurman, Errol Spence deal should be very relatively easy to make. I think most people would accept Keith as a nice consolation prize since they didn't get the Terrence Crawford fight. People are still going to be bummed by that, mm-hmm. but I think Keith to them would be a cool consolation prize. Um, but the fight hasn't been signed yet. So, yeah. Yeah, Seth. yeah Dan told me it was going to be the uh, 17th of December. Oh, no, they, I'm no. going to be up there next no. week. I'll, I'll check with him again. No, no. Maybe they'll sign on the 17th, but no. They, if they yeah. were on the 17th of November, they'd have been promoting it like we'd have been talking about it a couple yeah. months ago. That's for sure. How about uh, uh, Boozy Evan versus uh, Virgil Ortiz? Anybody? Who, who's Virgil fighting? Uh, Virgil's Boozy fighting who? Ennis. Boozy Ennis. Oh, no. Virgil's not fighting Boots Ennis. They're, they're not fighting. Um, right now, promotional differences keep them apart. The other thing, too, is they're the two young guys on a rising contender. They're two young rising mm-hmm. welterweights, right, that people expect to take right. over the division. So the reason why you'll hear their names together, even though there's nowhere they're fighting, you know, within the next few fights, you'll hear their names together is because they are the two young guys on the come up. So we're hearing their names in the same sentences, the same articles, but they're not on a collision course right now to fight. As a matter of fact, Virgil Ortiz is about to fight oh, Danny Jonas. It's one of the Lithuanian guys, I believe, who has an interim title. Um, he's about to fight that guy. I believe that fight has been signed. And Boots mm-hmm. Ennis, I don't know if his next fight has been signed as of yet. Okay. I have that Dylan White versus uh, Jermaine uh, Franklin. Uh, See. Yeah, I'm not sure who uh, Jermaine Franklin is, but it, it's a good fight for Dylan White to get back. It sounds like a good fight well, for that, Dylan White. You know, that fight happened last week. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw the fight. Jermaine Franklin, I thought, fought well. Um, I was I was actually impressed with him. He's a certain level heavyweight because he's just not that big, not that powerful. He's just not that a lot of things. That's his problem. He has a lot of not that. Um, but he gave a good account of himself. He, he fought White tooth and nail. White got a majority decision. I thought it was a well-fought, well-deserved decision. I don't think White was, was – I don't think Franklin was robbed. Franklin said he was robbed, and he can say that um, because the fight was that close. I don't think he's robbed. I think White just nicked it, um, and it potentially sets up – uh, a, a rematch with Anthony Joshua. That was one of the things that Eddie Hearn was talking about, um, that if White came through against Franklin, you know, potentially setting it up with Ed, Anthony Joshua next year. White came through, but he didn't, He didn't. you know what I mean? It was a tough fight to the point where after the fight, you know, Eddie Hearn said, yeah, you know, I thought White won the fight. He goes, but, you know, maybe, you know, Dylan takes another fight. And, you know, maybe we have Anthony, you know, Joshua fight Jermaine Franklin, and then a little later we'll do, you know, Dylan uh, White against uh, Anthony Joshua. But it it was a good fight. It was nip and tuck. And, you know, White was the bigger, stronger, more physical guy, the heavier, harder-hitting guy. But, you know, Jermaine Franklin is actually really skilled, and he's got a lot of grit because every time it seemed like White would try to big boy him and, and bulldoze him, you know, Jermaine Franklin would let off a combination wah, 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 and step off. I mean, he, he, it was a really, it was a much more entertaining fight than I, I was expecting. Um, I think it says a little bit more about Jermaine Franklin and a little bit less about White. White's, he's at that point. Guys, that brings us to the uh, 
in the end of the, the my script in the end of our hour, actually an hour, and, uh, we're we're a little over. So uh, I appreciate everything all the all you guys have done tonight. Uh, Ty, it's wonderful to have you back. I uh, hope you'll be back again next week. Uh, Z, great, great, always being great with with both you guys, and, and of course uh, my co-host here uh, and uh, guy who helps me set up these programs is Caden. Uh, so appreciate everything you do, Caden. So Caden, uh, you want to lead us out? Sure. Uh, thank thank you for the uh, for the praise, pops. Uh, I don't do much. I think it's I think it's more you doing most of the work. I just help out, but um, it was uh, I feel like it was another great show. You know, um, too bad Bob and, and and Tony couldn't be on, and and I, I wish the best for them and and their families. But uh, next week, uh, there's a there's a title fight. It's going to be Jan Blahovich. Actually, it, it, no, it isn't. No, who is it? It's going to be oh, I think Yuri's Yuri's fighting Jan, right? No, uh, Yuri, uh, Yuri pulled out with an injury, so they're doing. It was supposed to be Yuri Glover. Yuri pulled out with an injury, so they're taking the Jan Blahovich against the Dagestanian uh, heavyweight. I can't say his name. Aslamov. Um, they're fighting for Magomed the title. Yeah, 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 Magomed yeah, they're fighting for the. Yes, yeah, they're fighting for the uh, the title because I think um, what's his name? Yuri just vacated. He got injured and vacated, so it's not an oh. title. I believe they're fighting for the title. Yes. Oh, thanks. So yes, make sure y'all stay tuned for that. Um, thanks, thanks, uh, Ty and uh, Ty and Z for always being on the show and keeping up with the boxing and helping me out with the MMA. And uh, I'll definitely be on next weekend. And uh, make sure y'all have a great week. See y'all next time. KZ, another wonderful show. I definitely want to thank Doc, Ty, Caden, you, Butch, all of my Fighting Words family. Uh, want to keep Bob, and Bob, and all the rest of you know all of our loved ones in our prayers. Uh, these shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Doctor Chris. Anyone wants to hear any fighting words? Please do call. Hi. Hey, it was great being on with you guys after an absence. Definitely missed uh, Bob and Tony, and we you know pray and wish them and their families well. We wish all families well. Um, Bob is a co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a safe, wonderful, and well week. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this program is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and police and fire services, the doctors, the nurses, and everyone on the first line of uh, COVID, especially the people that clean up the after them because they are the most important. And then we have the people to keep the uh, the food stock for Bob in the uh, supermarkets. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hemmer, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Carpet Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Police Department. I'm sorry, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant James, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Chris Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Onofo Christian, Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police. Patrolman Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. 
Captain Matt Laterno, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Fikas, Wilmington Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hobo, Longwood Key Police Department. Chief General Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Deputy Mike uh, Har Harnox, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Lane, 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 Polk, Polk County Sheriff's Department. And Deputy Chris Taylor, uh, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10 7 at this point in time, sometime will be 10 10 at the table of the word. Till the time, may the, rose, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields, the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hand. Good night, God bless, and have a great week, everyone.
to 1999, County Dispatch to 1999, County Dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999 respond to his last emergency. End of watch. Good night, Bob. We love you and we miss you.